Hi, everyone. Tom Rogers here, Director of Teachers Talk Radio. Thanks very much for tuning in and listening to this show. This show is sponsored and supported by Witherslack Group, Collins Big Cat, and by Renaissance. We can't be more excited to be sponsored by these fantastic companies. Please check them out on their websites, which are available through our website at ttradio.org. Live from Wales, this is The Twilight Show with Kate Jones. Good evening and welcome this cold Monday evening. Well, I've got a great show lined up with a very special guest. She's a co-founder of Women Ed. She's been a head teacher, leader, inspirational, and now she has an OBE. So join me today as I interview Vivienne Orrit. Live from Wales, this is The Twilight Show with Kate Jones on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Noswaitha, good evening everyone and I hope you are well. So the big story for today for secondary teachers, if you're a teacher of GCSE and or A-level classes, is that the exam changes have been announced and this is something that we have been waiting for for a very long time and I actually remember initially it said that the latest this information could be released would be February the 7th. So that has basically been, it will be released February the 7th and they've stood true to that form. So today, for anyone who's not sure, perhaps if you're primary school um, or you don't teach in the UK, although actually I was an international teacher in Abu Dhabi last term. So this does apply to international teachers as well. So there's been a decision made by the exam boards to give some information um, to schools in terms of what content could be on the exam and what content won't appear on the exam. And this is all part of because the government are very keen for exams to happen because they haven't been happening in the UK because of the disruption with COVID and obviously it's it's not been possible. Um, so exams apparently will be going ahead this this year, the first time uh, since the pandemic began. Uh, there's also been other comments about, um, this was reported in the BBC News, about examiners told to be generous um, and perhaps grade boundaries are likely to be lower. I've been an examiner in the past, but I'm not an examiner this year, so I can't officially comment. I'm just feeding on some of the news stories that I've been reading today. So if you are a teacher of exam classes, please do tell me what you think about the changes in your subject. Social media has been really interesting. Um, I've asked teachers what do they think about the changes and I say interesting because there's been a wide range of responses. Um, so firstly, um, in terms of my exam classes, my year 11 class in Abu Dhabi are completing the international GCSE um, 
that we found that that was more suitable in that context. And Edexcel had already announced um, a few months ago, actually, that instead of examining students on four topics, it would be three. So, and that's actually quite significant. That's obviously 25% of the course. So we knew a while ago that we would have to teach our three um, topics and then that rest of the time would be used to revise and study to make up for this disruption. And actually that was really, really helpful. Um, the students just felt a huge sense of relief because they had had so much time with online learning from when they were in year 10 and year 11, back and to online, really disruptive. So they found that very helpful. But then my A-level class have had to wait for the decision today. And the other thing that's why this is quite problematic is, and people often forget this, that British curriculum schools around the world often follow British exam boards. So the decisions that are made in the UK have this ripple effect around the world. And my year 13 class in Abu Dhabi, they have had a lot of disruption. Even just this term, when they arrived in January, the first few weeks were online. So the level of disruption has completely varied uh, across countries. So then today it was announced on the specification, things that could come up on the exam, things that won't. I was disappointed with one specific topic that I taught. I felt that, I mean, we should teach everything really well and thoroughly, but perhaps it's my bias as a topic that I particularly enjoyed. Um, but what I found interesting was that was a topic that was taught quite early on in the course. So we've been revisiting that regularly and that was removed. It was the Bolshevik consolidation of power. But yet things right at the end of the course, which the class will be studying now and in the next uh, few months, are still there. So they still need to be taught new content. So I'll read out some of the comments. If this applies to you, do write in the Podbean chat. But I will read out the comments, and if you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at KateJones underscore teach, and I asked, what is your response to the exam changes announced today for your subject? And I said that I would share these in my radio show. Um, so we've got the hectic teacher has said, sociology, almost pointless. Given advance notice of 5 out of 18 questions, but told they could be synoptic questions, so I still need to cover the entire spec as nothing has been removed. So obviously, frustration there. We have another teacher, Paul, who said psychology. <laughs> Meh. Uh, we had... Um, this is quite interesting because I haven't taught in Wales this year and Mrs... Uh, underscore H underscore wig has said they haven't had this problem in Wales because we've had this information about exams since September. So I assume that will be with the Welsh exam board WJC, but I don't know enough about that. If we have any listeners from Wales or anybody on Twitter, please do fill me in and tell me what has been happening in Wales. Yeah, and lots of other teachers actually venting a little bit of frustration but at the same time this is you know this is some type of a recognize like recognition sorry um what these students have been through there are still some arguing exams should not go ahead um 
in terms of the COVID rates, in terms of the disruption? What are your views? Others are very strongly arguing that exams should go ahead. And I can recall when teacher assessed grades were happening and where teachers had to collect evidence last year, it was horrific. I really didn't like it. And I know that might sound dramatic, but I found it incredibly stressful as a head of department. Um, I had sleepless nights about it. Um, There was a real lack of guidance in terms of what teachers and leaders and schools should do, Uh, lack of consistency. It was a mess. So we don't want to go back to that. Hopefully, schools and students will feel better with this approach once perhaps they get their head around this new content and new changes. So anyway, yes, please do get in touch um, and tell me also as well, what have you been up to? Um, I've had a wonderful week and even today has been brilliant because I've just announced that I'm writing a book about retrieval practice for primary schools. Um, Retrieval practice, for anyone who doesn't know, I've written uh, three books already about retrieval practice. I'm so, so passionate about this topic And I'm really excited to write a book specifically for younger students, for primary schools. So if you're a primary school teacher and you've got any questions about retrieval practice, um, then feel free to ask me tonight in the chat um, or feel free to contact me. But no doubt I will be talking about retrieval practice on Teachers Talk Radio because in a few weeks time I have Professor Henry Roydigger as my guest. And if you're not sure who that is, he was one of the co-authors of the brilliant book Make It Stick, The Science of Successful Learning. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm also very excited about my guest today, OBE, Vivian. Oh, she's amazing. So we're going to head over um, uh, and listen to the news. And then after that, I can see my guest is already here. I will be digging deep. I know lots about Vivian already, but I think there's a lot more that I still need to find out. So if you do have a question for Vivian, you can tweet me at Kate Jones underscore teach, or if you're listening live, write it in the Podbean chat, and I will try to get to Vivian with that question, but I do have a lot of my own. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to hand it over to the news, and then we'll be straight back with my special guest. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. 
book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot UK. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. According to the Irish National Teachers Organisation, teachers and pupils are getting to the point of burnout due to the additional pressures brought by the coronavirus pandemic. Northern Ireland Committee Chair Marie O'Shea said, Whilst there were closures of buildings in a lot of cases, there was not a closure of schools. I think it's really important that people remember that. Schools and teachers continue to contribute to their young people through period of lockdown and through this pandemic. Denise McCartan, a child psychologist, told the BBC's Sunday Sequence programme, some children will be more resilient because they have managed to cope through a difficult period. They will remember it in that way, that they came through this. For some children, they will definitely have been exposed to more complex situations than you would want them to be exposed to. That will definitely have a long-term impact on them. In Gloucestershire, more than 500 students have attended knife crime prevention workshops over the past three months. The workshops teach young people what constitutes a crime and encourages them to speak out about crime, anonymously via the fearless.org website. Crime Stoppers Regional Manager Emily Vanderley said our thoughts are with the friends and family of both Romani Crosby and Joshua Hall, whose lives were cruelly shortened due to such tragic and unnecessary circumstances. We would like to highlight the prevention work that our charity Fearless has been delivering across the county. Countless young people have attended a workshop and have subsequently chosen to not carry a knife 
or hang around with someone who may be carrying one. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's Safe Internet Week with the official day being on Tuesday the 8th of February. This year, the UK Safer Internet Centre is questioning whether gaming online is all fun and games. They ask young people to explore respect and relationships in online gaming. A lot of schools may be having drop-down days and you may be expected to deliver an online safety lesson. This is great, but are you confident in your knowledge? There's nothing worse than having to teach a lesson out of your comfort zone, especially when you're discussing a topic where the learners may know more than the teacher. Saferinternet.org.uk, the brains behind Safer Internet Day, have come to the rescue with a series of films under the heading of virtual assemblies on their website. Starting with a story about in-app purchases getting out of hand for three to seven year olds, and then for seven to 11 and 11 to 18s, having a discussion on online behavior and respect. This resource is informative and will allow those of us that are less confident to play the film and facilitate a discussion. As always, if you're going to use an online resource, make sure you've watched it first to make sure it's appropriate for your pupils. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you, Gail Glenn, for the news. And thank you, Steve Woods, for your tech tips. Always love that. So I could see that my guest is here. Hello, Vivian. How are you? Hello, Kate. I'm very well, thank you. Excited oh. to join you. Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Well, do you want me to call you Vivian or Viv or Vivian OBE? <laughs> <laughs> um. Some of my friends are calling me Vivian Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. <laughs> um, Vivian, preferably. That's your name. I will call you Vivian. Thank just, you. Just wanted to check. So, oh, yeah, I am thrilled to be talking to you because I've followed you now for, for years online. And, I'm, and congratulations, actually, on your OBE. That You must have been absolutely thrilled because for anyone listening, we will get to your career, but that's you, you've only recently found out about your OBE or your this year, is it? Or, or you found out before everyone else, didn't you, though? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you, you do get a letter asking you if you, um, if you want it, basically. Uh -huh. um, and so, yes, it was in the 2022 honours list. And I was quite, quite stunned, although thrilled. Um, but it's not just for me. It's for women ed and disability ed. Um, it, it's for everybody in those communities. Oh, well, you have done tremendous work. So, yes, for the communities, but also you. And you, you mentioned Women Ed. I think that's probably one of the things that you're mm. most well known for. Um, but before we get to that, um, I've been trying to do my research on your <laughs> career and I'm so worried I'll miss something out. So <laughs> oh, I'll fill you in, don't worry. <laughs> well, okay then. I'll tell you what, this is what um, I've got written down is so that you... Um, oh, and actually... I have a fun fact about all my guests when they join um, Teachers Talk Radio. And my fun fact about you is something that we 
both have in common. We were the first people in our family to graduate from university. Uh, first one to go and therefore first one to graduate. Yes, which I didn't always think I would, but yes. Yeah, me oh, that's, too. That's fascinating to have that. Yeah, it um, is together. really. Yeah, it is special. I'm not obviously the last in my family because my sisters followed mm -hmm. my footsteps, mm -hmm. but it is a big deal, that isn't it? It's well, it certainly was it was at the time, and my parents didn't even really know what a university was, and didn't understand why I had to travel to go there, unlike going to school every day um, locally. Oh, wow. Well, now, you know, from the first person in your family to go on to university, I imagine you're the only person in your family with an OBE. <laughs> I could be wrong. No, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I do not have an OBE. But um, in terms of your career, this is what this is a very brief summary and I have probably missed things out. So you graduated and you were an English and drama teacher. Uh -huh. um, worked your way up to leadership as a secondary head teacher. Mm hmm. And then you were the director for schools partnership at the Institute of Education in London. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Co-founder, strategic leader of Women Ed. Uh, mm -hmm. I've also got vice president of the Chartered College of Teaching. Yes. Oh, and is it? Uh, and oh, you, you've authored and co-authored books with Women Ed as well. Uh, is it? And you, you're a consultant. You're a speaker. You've done a TEDx talk. What is it? Anything I've missed? <laughs> um, governance. I, I've had quite a lot of governance roles and, and still do now. Um, and I, I <laughs> one of the reasons I like being a governor is because when the meeting is finished, I don't have a list of jobs to do. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Love but, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been a governor at school and I really enjoyed it. It's a really important role, isn't it? Mm. And you get to, to to be part of a lot of change, which th that for me is what I associate you with. Positive change is. Oh, thank you. Positive yeah. change or, or positive disruption. I don't mind either. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a little summary of your career, but something. Um, I've watched a few times now is your TEDx talk and I absolutely loved it um, and I think that sums up a lot of the work um, that you've been doing and the direction that your career has taken isn't it um, because how do you go from an English and drama teacher to doing all the things that you have done? <laughs> um as I said in my TEDx talk, I, I didn't consider doing anything else besides being a teacher. That was what I was always going to do um, and loved it. I think being an, a teacher, um, particularly when I was teaching, uh, when I was a head of sixth form and teaching a lot of sixth form as well, I absolutely loved those times. Um, very special, I think, to to enjoy being a teacher in a classroom. I think it was easier when I was teaching than it possibly is now. Um, but I loved it and I loved working with the students and I'm still in touch with a lot of students now, which, which is wonderful. Um, but every now and again, I would get that feeling that things could be done differently, um, quicker, easier. <laughs> And yeah. so gradually I moved through senior leadership and, and to become a head teacher. 
Yeah, well, you talk a lot um, about leadership and obviously that's a big part of women ed, isn't it? Is mm. about um, And something that I picked up on with women ed, I was looking again, I've, I've followed women ed, read the books and I was watching a presentation. You said supporting women who choose to be leaders mm. um, because it's still quite shocking, isn't it? Some of the things that like we saw the list of the CEOs and the, the wages that they want and it was a list dominated by men you know there was more people on that list called steve than there were women so there really is a need for women ed is still even though perhaps people think we've, we've really come far but it's, um oh there's yeah. a lot to do isn't there definitely i mean um wonderfully we've been going for six and a half years now nearly seven in may um and wouldn't it have been good if we could have um, worked ourselves out of a role in that time? Mm. But given this, the glacial rate of change for women leaders in education, um, I, th I think gloriously Women Ed is going to be around for quite a while. Um, gloriously for us, because we love what we do, the whole community. But yes, it's very, very sad that in a profession dominated by women, um, over three quarters of the profession are women, it's very sad that on the whole, the majority of leaders are men. In primary school, proportionately more men are leaders than they are teachers within the workforce. And women in primary schools are 83 3%, 84% of the workforce, and yet not 83% of the head teachers in the primary workforce, and it's much worse in secondary. And if you move up through further education and higher education, again, it gets worse. Um, and and the COVID and possibly other social influences I think, are making it go backwards again from when we started in 2015. And and I just think that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's finding things wrong or thinking things should be better, I think, is what's always driven me through, throughout my career. Well, I found Women Ed comforting because I have had experiences um, that have been frustrating and there have been remarks um, that have been made. And this was actually in an international context where I didn't have a teaching union and those things were allowed to be said. Um, but actually going back, you said it, Women Ed's been around a while now. So, so how come Women Ed did come about? Was it out of this frustration, a group of women came together and said, let's do something about it. And then it's obviously gone from that to events and books and just so much success in terms of its profile. So so how did it begin? Um, it, it actually began for me um, with reference to my TEDx talk when I was ill Um recovering from breast cancer and I really couldn't do very much else but but lie on a settee <laughs> for a while and my brain would only work on what was then 144 characters on Twitter so while I'd used Twitter for work I began to 
get much more involved with it as a, as a person, as a, an individual, and gradually connected with a lot of women, um, on other women on Twitter. And, and we shared our backgrounds, our stories, our experiences. Um, and round about International Women's Day in 2015, there was um, a report came out, which was then from the Future Leaders Trust, which morphed into ambition after that, that, that for the first time, I think certainly for me and for my other friends there, um, laid bare the particular statistics for um, women leaders in education. Um, and they were called the lost leaders, really. The women who weren't progressing through into leadership in the proportions that the workforce would suggest. Um, and we started debating this and discussing this on Twitter um, and then started ranting about it on Twitter <laughs> quite, quite gradually. And one Sunday near International Women's Day, um, very, very many women joined in that conversation. And the conversation went on all Sunday, um, at which point um, one of the women in the conversation, Kezia, Kezia Featherstone, my fellow co-editor for the books, said, I wonder if we should have a little tea party about this. And everybody thought that would be a good idea, that we'd just get together and, and chew the cud, as it were. Um, I wrote a blog about the conversations for the day and we put a Google form together to say, who's interested in this tea party? Once we've got to 400 replies, we thought maybe a tea party was not ambitious enough. Um, we started organising our first conference and, and it went from there, Kate. Yeah, it's just, it's been phenomenal. Um, and then obviously the book as well um the, well the books sorry i should say and the the books are fantastic and the um, and the women that contribute um people who i'm a really big fan of jill berry is mm -hmm. there all different wide range of voices sue cowley they're just they're really good books <laughs> somebody asked me once and i can't remember who it was asked me why is it 10 percent braver why aren't they aiming for 50 percent <laughs> of a of 100 percent braver so where does this uh, for anyone who's not familiar this is obviously like uh, the catchphrase of women ed isn't it or not the catchphrase but the mantra mantra that's it sorry and where did that 10% braver mantra come from and what's a sort of your your real message behind that 10%? Well, we certainly do want women to be 100%, 200%, 300% <laughs> yeah. braver, whatever is needed. But certainly what we learned at the very beginning was that very many women lack confidence in education. Um, hello? Oh, hello. Are you there? Sorry. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was getting a bit of feedback. Um, very many women seemed to lack confidence in their own ability to be leaders or their own perception of themselves as a leader. Um, and at the first unconference, we were delighted that Sue Cowley kicked the day off for us. Um, and she told us a story that said she'd asked one of her friends what she should say to the um, 200 women that were there at our first unconference. And her friend said, just tell them to be 10% braver. 
And she she said this and she said, that's your message. That's our message to you. And she finished by wanting to read um, the words of I am woman, hear me roar by Helen Reddy. Um, and she didn't actually know it at the time, but somebody, namely me, shouted from behind her, 10% braver, Sue, sing it. Um, and she said, I'm a terrible singer, 10% braver, Sue. And she sang it. And people were joining in. They were saying the words. And as a way to emphasize what 10% Braver was about, we thought that was a really little bit of magic, that it would make somebody think they could do something that they really thought they couldn't. And gradually, very slowly, 10% Braver grew into something that was is that piece of magic, which says, if you're not sure, if you lack confidence, if you are wanting to test out what is possible for you all you have to do is just take that one step forward because some of the things that women feel held back by are huge things systemic bias um for example how, you know how do you tackle that overnight you can't but what you can do is do one thing Take one step forward, take one action and see how that feels. And what I always say is, you know, if it hasn't killed you, <laughs> which it isn't going to, then take that next step after that, the second step and see how it feels. And for an awful lot of our community, when they've done that, taken some small steps forward, they've realised that it feels good. It feels better than having the weight of other people's perceptions holding you back. Well, I see that hashtag all the time. Um, women saying, I applied for that job today. I, I'm going to speak at this event. Or uh, I've written an article, hashtag 10% braver. And it is just about that that next step, that little bit more braver and that inspiration then and the domino effect it has on, on other women so you must you must just love seeing that and hearing that feedback from other women that oh, oh yes and in fact we demand it <laughs> because not only does it make you feel good that other people are congratulating you and celebrating it it helps other women see what they can do and what is possible and then so many women have said to us, I didn't realise I was, there were other people who think like me or felt like me or were scared like me or were angry like me. And to understand that there's an enormous community of women who feel the same and who want to empower and support other women to bring about change for themselves and for others. We demand that women share that and share their stories so that all of us as a community can move forward. So we want people to be 10% braver and then we decided we wanted them to be 10% louder and then we wanted yeah. them to be 10% prouder of what they were doing. And, it, and it's, a, it's a wonderful way in which the community have developed that one small phrase that has really 
has really um, galvanized the entire movement, the entire community for women ed. Well, and I haven't told anyone this, but I'm working on a book um, with Dan Morrow, who's a CEO, and it's about kindness in the workplace. Mm. And we have jumped on the women ed and we've actually given credit to, and we say about being 10% kinder. Mm. And it's that same concept that just that little bit more that it's noticeable it can make a difference it can have a positive impact so i love that that you've got the the 10 percent louder <laughs> um it's it, and i've obviously been inspired by that because i've gone on to write books and oh lots of books Kate. <laughs> how do you fit all those books in <laughs> oh well honestly I, I really have been inspired because i remember looking and even now if you still look at the amazon charts again they usually dominated like you've said about the leadership um the amazon book charts tend to be dominated by male authors as well so and there's now a lot more female authors um, um but- and that's we you know we just love that we absolutely love it when we started to write 10 percent braver we were asked by the publishers what what the competition would be as it were what other books were in the realm of what women's lived experiences were like in the classroom and as leaders. And we couldn't find any. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they certainly weren't written by the women themselves. There were academic books written about women, but there weren't real women in schools, in universities, writing about what it was like to be a woman um, as a leader or an aspiring leader. Um, and I, I think that's why it, it has resonated with a lot of people because it's reflected their own experiences and feelings and fears and concerns. Yeah, well, your first, um, the book, 10% Braver, Inspiring Women to Lead in Education, I've recommended it to lots of men and they thought, oh, but isn't it a book for women? But no, actually, do you feel that way as well, that it's it's that men should read this book? <laughs> oh, usually at Christmas time, we say it's the best Christmas gift you can give to a male leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we did, you know, we, we adopted the United Nations hashtag of he for she, which is a male ally for women. Um, and we have some super, super he for she's that support the women-led community um, and galvanise other men to do so. And one of the chapters in 10% Braver is written by one of our he-for-she's and explains the way in which he now, as a head teacher in a school, works to support the um, the women in his organisation and for others. Um, and, And he, Chris Hildrew, he and two other men, one being Vic Goddard and the other being John yes. Challoner, came to our second unconference and they were scared <laughs> to come. <laughs> they were nervous of what we'd say and whether we'd be interested in what they were saying. Um, and they realised what it felt like to be in the minority at a large education conference around leadership, which, of course, the women there were used to feeling. When I first became a head teacher and I walked into a room of head teachers in Surrey, there was like a small handful of women as a secondary head teacher. 
Um, and that was nerve-wracking. It was scary to be a new head teacher, but nerve-wracking to be in that community of of so many men who dominated the conversations, who dominated the thoughts um, and the the um, practice there. So yes, <laughs> we were quite glad they were feeling a bit nervous <laughs> because you have to know what it feels like for the women in your organisation or the women in your sector. Well, something that I've only just recently been doing, and that's because of Women Ed, is calling out events where they don't have women on mm. panels or mm. none of the keynote speakers are women. And, you know, I I will, that was something I, I don't think I, I, I probably obviously noticed it. It was very obvious, um, but I got asked to speak at an event and the year before I was at this event in the audience and the panel were all white men and that was very you know after seeing things on twitter i was just very aware of that so when they asked me to speak at the event i said yes but last year you know this is what i recall and i hope it's different this year and i regularly on on social media there's quite a lot of people i think who who are now recognizing this and i mean that's something that obviously women ed aims to do is, is challenge those things isn't it Oh, challenge is one of our eight values um, along, and change is another. We don't want to challenge just for challenge's sake. We want change to come about from that. And in the early days of Women Ed, yes, we, we were doing that a lot. <laughs> um, and when BAMED followed us, yeah. they were definitely doing that a lot and, and we support each other in those ways. Um, but it, it's shocking that in a profession where the vast majority of women, there are still manuals that don't have a woman representing um, her own voice and speaking and sharing her views. In fact, I, I remember now that our, our main priority when we started was simply to give women a voice on Twitter. That's all we wanted to do because women were shut down and silenced and excluded from the conversations on Twitter by heavy-hitting men, you know, with very large Twitter followers, and woe betide a woman who could join in the conversation. It wasn't a pleasant place for women. Um, and we gradually realised that there were a lot of women lurking and being very, very quiet. And that, that was our only aim when we started, to just give women their voice just on one social media platform but now it's about giving them a voice globally and being able to be represented in leadership in our schools and our higher education further education colleges yeah well i have in front of me the department for education ministerial advisors oh, oh, don't get, do not get me going on that so sorry, Vivian. But yeah, it's all male. It's uh, seven, seven men. Um, and there's one man who's who has been uh, is no longer there. But yeah, that when that came out on social media, and I actually do think probably a few years ago, it would be something that maybe rolled our eyes at, but weren't as vocal about. And now I don't think anything said, but that's again, not reflective of the profession. No. Is it like you said? And, and that's a huge 
part of education as well. So this comes back to what we said, that sadly your work here is not done. And it's not because of, you know, on part of failure on your behalf at all. It's just that there's so much to do, isn't there? There there is. And we're very mindful that, you know, what we do can um, create a backlash in some ways. And it certainly did at the beginning of Women Ed. Um, and we had to learn to deal with unpleasantness and abuse, which I think we've dealt with very successfully in that now we rarely get any even murmurings of discontent from other people because I think people have accepted that while we've got a long way to go to bring about the change, the change is needed. And of course, with so many other global events occurring, diversity, representation, inclusion, equity is now um, a much more significant part of the language in education. And of all the sectors, that's where it should start in education. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one of those (laughs) wrongs that I can't cope with and the rest of Women Ed can't. Yeah. You know, you... You can't represent, you can't have children in schools who can't see themselves reflected in the teaching and the leadership workforce around them. We all have to be the change that we want those children to see. Um, and, and that's really what, what motivates us and why we still want to continue with the work that we're doing and it's global work now. I mean, it's quite yeah. bonkers. It really is quite bonkers, but joyously bonkers in that way. Well, I was in Abu Dhabi and there was UAE Women Ed. And when I tagged you on Teachers Talk Radio, Women Ed Northern Ireland, Women Ed Midlands, Women Ed Wales, everyone was replying. Mm. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, world domination. <laughs> and that's, that's so funny, really, because... Um, we ha- I think we had visions of grandeur at the beginning and we regularly put out a tweet about penguins and that we, you know, well, we were going for world domination and we all we were on was Twitter. But it, we do want to go for world domination now in terms of ensuring that women are able to, are, are enabled to and want to, if they choose to, be able to lead education. Yes, yeah, and I really like um, how you phrase that as if you you choose to in the sense of that element of choice, no pressure on women because leadership isn't for everyone or different priorities and and so on because um, something else that you've spoken about, I watched a, a presentation you did was about flexible working and I think the pandemic has really changed how we can look at flexible working hasn't it well i think it has in lots of industries i'm unsure to how much it's changed in education yeah my worry is that we might row back from the learning of the pandemic that education there are large aspects to education that can be done more flexibly and I think there's flexible working and there's also flexible thinking and flexible leadership. And we need all of those concepts to work together. Parents' evenings, nobody's going to go back to the 
parents' evenings mm -hmm. as they used to be, are we? That's yeah. not going to happen. Look at the outpouring of flexible professional learning and development, which is a passion of mine. Um, you know, how much more can we all learn more quickly and more easily in that way? And surely, surely, as we move forward, we want to retain the best leaders within education. And a large proportion of those are women. And at the moment, we are losing women leaders in droves, usually around the early 30s, late 30s. And that is all to do with caring responsibilities. And frighteningly also, we're losing women in their 50s, again, to do with a different set of caring responsibilities. Why do we want to lose that fantastic resource? Simply by saying things have also always got to be done in exactly the way they've always been done. We've got to be more flexible than this. Yeah, I've tried to do my bit um, because I do CPD, Twilights, inserts for schools online. And I have said, well, you can record the session and if anyone can't make it at that specific time because of childcare commitments they can watch the recording mm. you know that's we we can be we've got the technology we've got the ability to be more flexible and if it helps someone out as well and I, i'm very happy to support that so it, it is about having that that wider consideration isn't it and like you said what we can learn from the pandemic and what will will take with us really i suppose Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and um, in your TEDx talk, you said, you know, you're all about equity and fairness. And as I said, I really associated your work with Women Ed, but when um, your OBE was announced, it was also announced that you work with Disability Ed as well. And in your TEDx talk, you write, uh, sorry, you spoke about hidden disabilities and, and obviously your experience as well when you had cancer uh, and was it an NHS card that you had, you said? for? Oh, yes, uh, my NHS exemption card, which labelled me as disabled, um, but would take that label away after a while. And it really got me pondering more personally on the labels we put on people um, and... I didn't think that was right either. Well, so that was that's another wrong that I'm wanting to to work on. Oh well, I've got a quote that from your TEDx talk. I'm going to tweet out the link, but I just love this. Um, so I'm, this is quite a long quote. I'm sorry, I'm just going to read it back to you and for the, our listeners. It's, Normal is a setting on a washing machine, yet we use that word to describe people. Unless I'm doing the washing, I will no longer use the word normal. I want to ask you not to. In a sea of faces, I ask you to notice individuals, not labels. Oh, and that's just, I love that. And that's the theme, isn't it, of your TEDx talk about mm, definitely. Norm, moving away from normal and hidden disabilities. And actually, I've been diagnosed last year with hearing loss and impairment. Mm. And... Um, you had a similar experience, obviously, when you were ill with cancer and somebody said, but you look all right. And yeah. <laughs> you don't look ill, Vivian. You look normal. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I had, I, honestly, people would say, 
oh, but you're okay. Well, I'm sorry. You're, how do you know what I can and cannot hear? How do you know these struggles that I'm experiencing? And people said, oh, you don't need a hearing aid. You'll be all right. And things. And it was just when I had my hearing aid, one of the hardest things was just people being unkind, really. First of all, before my hearing aid, people were losing patience with me because I couldn't mm. hear them and asking them to repeat it. And it to the point where I'd just be in tears and that's what prompted me to go to the doctors um, and then I got the hearing aid and it took a while to adjust and you know there were some comments from people about well why are you getting a hearing aid you're not 80 <laughs> you know all these sorts of insensitive comments yeah. and then to what what you said about these hidden disabilities and this idea of normal it just really resonated with me more now because of what I've been through in the last 12 months with my hearing aid um but yeah I didn't realize you were involved with disability yet I don't even think I was probably really aware of disability ed but I suppose it's that like women ed raising the awareness and it, it is yes so um women ed was followed by BAME ed and then LGBT ed um and myself and some others um Ruth Golding, for example, who's also a Women Ed England leader, um, Laura McConnell, um, uh, we wanted to highlight the fact that there are teachers and leaders in education with a disability, and yet they are often forgotten about. Um, and, and again, some of the disabilities are hidden. So because people have learned that there is prejudice, as you've just horribly described yourself, that people can be unkind, people can be clumsy. Um, often we find that people aren't disclosing a, a disability, a hidden yes. disability, or they don't disclose their sexual orientation because they fear what will happen as a result. And, and that's what happened to me. I was, you know, a senior leader in an organization. I'd worked there for 11 years. And because I was ill, it felt as if I had been deemed um, not wanted anymore, that I wasn't going to be useful anymore. And I felt treated in that way. Um, and whilst I know there is discrimination for so many different reasons I think it was the first time I'd had a visceral response to what it actually felt like and and we have to be able to not wait till each and every individual yourself myself others to actually feel that visceral concern we can't wait for every individual in the world to feel like that before we stop it happening we stop that treatment happening so that that i think is where so many of us are united in saying you have to be more kind to people you have to see them as individuals yeah and you've touched upon something that i can totally uh, agree with um when i i put on twitter i'm now wearing a hearing aid and i had so many private messages saying I wear, I wear hearing aid, but I've had my hair cut so nobody can tell. Mm. I haven't told anyone in work. 
And that's, I, I was really shocked by that because obviously someone who was wearing glasses because they're struggling to see, it's very visible, it's become normalised and, you know, or, well, I suppose people do wear contact lenses, but the amount of people who either were worried about taking a hearing aid test in case they would have to wear one or were worried about other people knowing mm-hmm. and think that they perhaps weren't as good a teacher or they couldn't have these responsibilities that was really shocking. Mm. It it is shocking, and again, it's some of the the hiddenness. If things are more visual, then on the whole, people are. I, I, I need to believe that people react in a in a better way. But when it's to something they're not used to seeing or not used to understanding, that that's where we seem to lose our humanity at times. Well, I will encourage everyone to watch your TEDx talk because your family are gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It, I, I don't know if any of them are listening, but they are the most gorgeous group of people ever. <laughs> and if, if people watch the TED talk, they'll know exactly why I'm saying that about your family as well. But um, that, again, on a just it's really important and it we do we do need to be 10 percent louder but we're just and, and oh, hashtag ban normal we have to ban oh normal. yes definitely, definitely i'm going to tweet that quote out that i wrote <laughs> out of yours but um we're just going to go to an advert so vivian please don't go anywhere because i've got a few more questions and we'll be right back in a few moments This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. 
we need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is... Okay, thank you. And we are back. Oh, I'm loving this conversation. We've got a few more questions. Hi, Vivian, he's still there. Hello, I'm still here. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Kate. You. Oh, thank you. Well, actually, I've just remembered one of my previous guests was a big champion of women ed, and that was Dame Alison Peacock. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And of course, I work with Alison at the college as well. And, and that's fantastic in terms of the women working there isn't there you can really see that's reflected oh absolutely yes and Alison was kind enough to write the foreword for our first book 10% Braver um, and I wanted to support the college because if it's our professional body and women are three quarters of the profession then I want the profession to see women leading that and supporting that and driving forward with what kind of an education we want to be part of in this country and globally. So, yes, absolutely love Alison. Um, and she's doing an amazing job with the college, as are the whole team and the council, of which I'm a member, which is really the governing body, as it were, for the college. Now, it's, it's a really, really exciting time for the future of the teaching profession. Yeah, I'm a really big fan. And when um, I interviewed Alison, yep, she was just singing the praises of women ed and and how brilliant your work has been. So, so that's lovely. That's I've just yeah, just remembered that. I thought, <laughs> and, and for my listeners, they can listen back to the interview uh, with Alison. That that Dame Alison Peacock. That was really good. Um, a question we got asked was, have you received your OBE yet? Will you go to the palace? And is that how it works? Excited. Uh, <laughs> It is It is how that works. Um, I don't know which palace you go to at the moment. Um, and because there is um, quite a backlog because of COVID, oh, yeah. I, I don't even know when. I think I've seen photos on Twitter about people who were in last year's honours list and they've started to receive theirs. Right. So just going to have to be patient. <laughs> okay. Well, you've got it in title. You've just got that to look forward to now, haven't you, Rich? Yes. Oh, and you take your family with you and oh, please do tweet lots of pictures. Oh, you? <laughs> oh I will. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, so we started off talking about your career from teacher to leader and, and all the amazing things that you have done. But what about the future? What what do you want to keep doing or, or try? What What's your plans going forward? Um, well, I, I work for myself, which is wonderful. I'd had a few opportunities to do that in my career and, and bottled it. I wasn't 10% braver then. I am this time. So I want to continue working in support of school leaders on learning and development, strategy, vision and impact evaluation. Is Those are my areas I work in. So I want to keep doing that, make up for the last two years, possibly. Um, 
I've got another 18 months to go in supporting the transition at the Chartered College from the first set of governors to an ongoing succession planning for governors. Um, I don't, I want to keep going with women ed across yeah. the globe. I think there are two continents that we're not on yet. So, so that's an ambition for us. Yeah. And we're waiting to hear, fingers crossed, about our application to become a charity, which would give us more um, scope to be able to work in different ways around the globe. So those are our current aims. And we are talking, probably you've, you've inspired us, Kate. <laughs> we are talking about a third book. Absolutely, you should. <laughs> um, we haven't gone that far with it yet because we knew we, we, we like our community to write the books um, and we didn't think that was going to work during COVID so much. So we're just tentatively starting to dip our toe back in the water there. So look out for news on that. Oh, well, I'm volunteering as a, <laughs> as a contributor. No pressure live on air to agree. <laughs> there you go. I just thought I'd drop the hint there. It was, it was wonderful in our, our second book because we put out requests for contributors and we had 104 replies. Oh, wow. Um, so there's definitely scope for another book, I think. <laughs> oh, there, there really is. Um, and in terms of the things that, that we've, we've spoken about, I mean, it sounds like you're going to be very busy <laughs> in the, <laughs> with the world domination, but with the, the 10% braver and 10% louder, and we've, we've spoken about that as individuals, but definitely it's a concept for schools isn't it and school cultures school leaders to be listening and supporting that and embracing that and and I'm not sure do you you have any advice you know if there's a school leader who's listening male or female and they're thinking I want to do more and building on what you've said about equity and fairness what what advice do you think that you would give well, I'd certainly give it, say, you know, take part in a women ed event first of all, if you if you haven't already, because that will give you a flavour of the the opportunities there, or the challenges or the change you want to bring about. Um, we then our network leaders who are amazing women, because we're all volunteer, we all do women ed on top of our day jobs, so they're an amazing group of women. Um, they will support people in their own school to create a women-led culture and a community in their school or their trust. Because we want to support women as close to where they live and work as possible. Yeah. And so it, within each school, within each trust, within each education organisation, we're happy capacity... Um, you know, bearing in mind capacity to support people to create those conversations in their own trust. We're talking to several trusts at the moment about how we can support with that and kickstart that in your own community. And then all the questions that finish each chapter in our both of our books give people thoughts and ideas for what they might want to focus on. One of my passions within my huge passion for women ed 
is the gender pay gap because that is so wrong. That is so inequitable to be in education and have a significant gender pay gap. So there's all kinds of topics you can start to explore and look at. Working collaboratively with the women in your organisation. And that's not just teachers and it's not just leaders at all. It's the huge army of support staff, the school business leaders, all of whom, if we think women leaders from a teaching background have it difficult, then support staff and business leaders are some of the groups we've got to support even more, particularly around the pay gap, around flexibility, and around basic respect for the skills and the contributions somebody makes to the education of our young people. So you can pick any campaign, any issue in Women Ed. Our website supports with lots of resources um, and case studies and blogs. Um, so you can decide what you want to dip your toe in the water in and we'll all support everybody all of the way. But male leaders, talk to your women. Talk to the women in your organisation and find out what they feel like and what their needs are. I don't think we think enough about the individual needs of different groups and colleagues in education. One size does not fit all. Well, absolutely. I echo that your website, your resources, your books are absolutely fantastic. And, oh, I don't want to get you angry before you go, Vivian, but I will, I will tell you this, and I know it will make you angry. I was a, a keynote speaker at an event, and I, this probably says something about me as well. And I did it, and there was there was no payment. But a man was the other – I was the opening keynote, and a male – keynote at the end of the day and I found out accidentally mm -hmm. through an email trail that he was paid a thousand pound and I was paid nothing <laughs> for the hour keynote that we both delivered so that then made me because you just mentioned the gender pay gap that really was a wake-up call for me and a shock <laughs> and it happens all of the time it is one of the I'm hesitating saying dirtiest kept secrets there is in education. It's shocking. Um, I'm from the Northeast and we say shy bairns get nout. So we have to address this issue. And Women Ed alongside NAHT, ASCAL and the NGA, we wrote a report into the, an update report into the gender pay gap just before Christmas. Um, and in a profession that is all about equity and fairness, it's totally inequitable the way women are treated in terms of remuneration for the work that they do. We have to bring about change in all of these areas. Yeah, well, that would be my 10% braver, asking what the male counterparts <laughs> getting paid and that makes me uncomfortable but it's even worse to to experience that and it's it's, it's awful it's shocking and it's inequitable for any organizers of any event to behave in that way yeah uh, but it will also possibly have been 
because the man asked. Yes, yep, absolutely. So that comes back to then about me having the confidence to to ask those questions, have those conversations that I find difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. But here's a positive story. Another event that I did speak at, um, and they said, well, we'll pay you. They got back to me and they said, oh, actually, the man has asked for a much higher fee. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and this was a woman. And she said, you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't pay him. A, you know a lot more than I'm paying you so can you send me the invoice again and put this price she said I want to pay you both the same um and I thought oh that's rare isn't it? <laughs> you know she offered she was saying I want to pay you more money so that you match the male yes. speaker which I was I really applauded and, and thanked and I think- and, and we need everybody to yeah behave in that way yeah we, we are um we do a lot of support for women in negotiating salaries or flexible working requests. And we put on our website the very short, simple case studies of the success that people are having. And it's because they ask. Um, and you don't die if the answer is no. And you can learn how to be 10% braver or 300% braver um, and you're not going to die if the answer is no. You might decide that that's not an organisation you want to work with as a result of that. But we have to start um, not only being confident in it, but being um, proud of our own expertise and abilities and expecting to be paid what that is worth. Yeah, absolutely. And these are important conversations and we're absolutely right to be having them. And I think that's one of the greatest things that you've been doing, all those things, but it's this awareness and, and bringing these discussions to the table. Uh, and for that, I'm grateful. And I know so many other teachers, teachers that you won't even be aware of, that they've read your book, they've seen your tweets, or they've watched your TED Talk, and they've just been inspired to be that 10% braver. And and I'd have to keep saying... It isn't just me. No, oh, I know. <laughs> yes. a, there, are, <laughs> there are 45, 50,000 women all doing the same for other women around the globe. And that is making a huge difference. And thank you to everybody who joins in and contributes in that way. Yeah, absolutely. It really is, as you said, a community, isn't it? Um, and a support network. So. Mm. Oh, well, thank you so much. I've, I, you know, taken the time out of your evening um, to talk to me and just delve deeper into things that I already knew a little bit about, but I'm still learning more about and, and how we can all do better. And yeah, I do feel totally inspired. So uh, I'll look forward to have to stay in touch and getting this. Yes help you with that third book (laughs) although it doesn't sound like you're short of contributions so (laughs) thank you thank you so much for inviting me to join you I've loved talking with you Kate oh me too me too so thank you for everything and have a lovely evening Vivian thank you bye oh my goodness wasn't that amazing I just I really do feel uplifted um, and I hope you found that interesting but if you're not familiar with the work that Vivian and as she said 
her wider community have been involved in then i will tweet out and share the links um the women ed website um womened.org is absolutely fantastic they've got about us they've got events they've got their blog they've got information about their campaigns their resources there's absolutely loads of things vivian also touched upon bamed lgbt ed disability ed and it's just about raising this awareness and as i said i've had experiences some have been positive and that have boosted my confidence and helped me get to where I am today. And then I've had others that have been really frustrating or upsetting, these setbacks that perhaps are a lot more common than I thought they were. So that was really, really good. But we're going to go back to um, what I started the show off today. Um, and that was asking about exams and how do people feel about the exam changes but actually what I would like to hear and perhaps we could talk about this another time is how students feel how do students feel um I saw one teacher say that he was teaching an A-level class and his students had already arrived and printed it off before he'd even seen them because they were waiting for this announcement um so it's interesting I hope I would like to think that students feel comforted by this and feel a little bit calmer feel that it's fairer but I'm not sure we'll we'll have to see and I have tweeted out the link uh, to Vivian's TEDx talk and that quote about normal is a setting on a washing machine so please do watch that it's a short video but it's really good and you can just sense Vivian's passion can't you and and how passionate she is about things that she wants to change and things that are right and how passionate she is about challenging things that are really unfair okay then um i'm going to read out some of these uh, comments about the exams from twitter gcse rs not very useful um we have the topics but we still have to cover and revise everything whereas A-level RS very happy specific guidance so we can plan revision and reduce content there's a lot of tweets about AQA science and the inconsistencies with physics biology chemistry oh dear so what seems to be popping up in my comments is obviously some exam boards teachers are very happy with other exam boards not happy at all which is a shame because we are still very much um, going through that. Oh, well, anyway, a few more things to say before I end the show. Tonight at eight o'clock, my good friend Tom Rogers will be here on Teachers Talk Radio. That's always a cracking show, so do not miss that. Do listen live if you can. And I will be back on Saturday. I have a joint show with Tom. Saturday morning at 9am, we alternate it with Zoe Enter. This week is our turn. So last week, if uh, sorry, not last week, two weeks ago, if you missed our very first joint radio show, we had a passionate debate about cognitive science. Um, I don't know if we ended up agreeing. We reached some type of agreement, but there was lots of disagreements in between. We talked about international teaching. We just had a little bit of fun. We played some games. <laughs> it 
was all very a little bit off the cuff. Uh, but we've got another debate planned uh, for this weekend. And I'm not quite sure how we're going to shape or frame the debate, but it's something that Tom and I disagree on quite a lot. Um, and that's about how much you should share on social media, uh, how much teachers should share publicly. So Tom and I are probably quite different in our approaches. And Tom and I have different opinions. So sometimes I think, oh, I wish Tom didn't tweet that. And then other times I think, oh, I wish I had the bravery that Tom has and the courage that he has to tweet that. So <laughs> I don't know what this debate's going to be like. Uh, hopefully, as long as our friendship is still intact. Uh, Tom's on the comments as well. Oh, uh, have we got any comments in the pod beam that I missed? Oh, lots of people have been listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. There was a comment, um, yes, when we were talking about the women ed movement, and this was a really valid comment. It depends on the country if the glass ceiling has been broken or not. And as somebody who's taught internationally, I totally get that. That is a very, very valid point. Um, But actually, even within the country, it varies. Um, I worked at two different schools um, in Abu Dhabi. And uh, the previous school I worked at, the head of secondary and head of primary were women. And then in the school before that, the senior leadership team were all men uh, in terms of the main leadership team, the head teacher, had a primary, had a junior. So same country, but they had very different cultures within that school environment. But it's definitely an interesting conversation to be had. Um, I'm just checking any more comments. Thank you to all the people who've liked the show and who have shared the show. With Teachers Talk Radio, you can listen back to all of our shows as a podcast. Now, I'll very quickly before I leave as well, I will announce some upcoming guests. Well, as I mentioned, I'll be interviewing Professor Henry Roy Digger. Now, all my interviews since I've been back on the or since I've been on the Monday show, I've had Robin, I've had Vivian, I've got more interviews all live. But sadly, Henry Roydigger is on a completely different time zone. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, um, that will be recorded. But live, um, I've got an interview with formative assessment queen, Shirley Clark, which will be fantastic because I know Dylan William and John Hattie are big fans of the work of Shirley Clark as am I. So that will be a chat all about formative assessment. And I wrote a book about formative assessment. Shirley Clark has written many books about formative assessment. So I think um, that will be a really good conversation. I've also confirmed today two more guests for next month. And I love this book. I love the book Making Every Lesson Count. And I've got the authors, Sean Allison and Andy Tharby together, the teaching and learning dream team joining me. And I cannot wait because their book, Making Every Lesson Count, has had such an impact on my career, my teaching, but also the books I've written and the style I wanted to write was very much inspired by their book. And then their book encouraged me to read lots of other books. Um, Not only that, I've heard them speak and they were brilliant. They work at a research school. So I want to find out lots more about what is a research school? What are the things they're doing? 
what have they learned what have they been what are their key reflections but then the making every lesson count book which is six principles to effective teaching and learning then inspired a collection and a series of subject specific books so i've read the making every history lesson count book which is brilliant um Mark Enter wrote the Making Every Geography Lesson Count. Um, Dawn Cox and Louise wrote Making Every RE Lesson Count. There's Making Every Primary Lesson Count. It's just brilliant. So I think they'll be really good guests as well. I've got a few more people uh, lined up. But if there is anyone in particular that you would like me to interview, honestly, I will ask them. <laughs> we have a private joke about Bill Gates because I managed to contact uh, through contact. I managed to get in touch with his PA and she got back to me and said it wasn't a very good time. And Tom finds it hilarious that I asked Bill Gates on the show. <laughs> but that, I'm just saying, I will ask, you know, if there's somebody you want me to ask, I will contact them and I will do my very best. I will be 10% braver. Yes, I will reach out to these people and whoever you would like to hear from. Um, we're trying to keep it obviously education related, but we always like to have new guests and you know exciting people, exciting topics to talk about. Teachers Talk Radio has grown a lot and we are incredibly proud of that. Okay then, so hope you enjoyed the show. Took a lot away from Vivian what an inspiring woman um from a teacher to a leader to then moving on her work you know with women ed disability ed talking very openly and bravely about her breast cancer um experiences and the, of the hidden disability and and the challenges that come with that and then also about how can we do better how can we support women in education to become leaders if that's what they choose how can we promote flexible working in order to keep teachers in the profession you know Vivian mentioned about women in their 30s and then women in their 50s leaving the profession and not coming back so that's obviously a problem these things it's really good that we are talking about them but sadly it's it's not really good that we have to talk about them so I really enjoyed that show. I will keep following in terms of the education updates with exams. No doubt Teachers Talk Radio will keep you updated every day with Gail Glenn and Megan Goods and our wonderful news team. So that's it for now. As I've said, if you do want to get in touch with me, you can. I'm on Twitter at Kate Jones underscore teach. That's also my Instagram handle. I have a Facebook page, Kate Jones Teaching, but also Teachers Talk Radio. Make sure you follow us. We are on social media at TT Radio 2022. We've got 10.7K followers on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, why not head over and follow us? We're also on Instagram. Nathan's brilliant on the Instagram. It's a great account worth following. And we're on LinkedIn as well. So do get involved. Keep an eye out. We sometimes run Twitter spaces as well. And we have our busy scheduled uh, schedule posted online. So you can see what shows, what hosts are coming up. But as I said, if you miss any, you can listen back 
as a podcast. So that's it for now. Slightly early. Tom, my producer, have I missed anything out? Tom Rogers is here in the background, (laughs) I think. Tom, are you there? No, I've not missed anything. Oh, he's oh, he's not been well. That's why he's quite quiet today. Hopefully, he's feeling a little bit better. Go away now. You've got half an hour. Put the kettle on and then come back. Tom, what's your topic? You can type it in the Podbean chat. What is your topic for your show tonight? Have you got any guests? Have you got a theme? Oh, I can see the guests. Your topic is an illness. You're not well, is it? Um... Is that who you've got tonight? You've got a teacher and a YouTuber. Yep, Everton Rose. You've got Daniel Buck. You've got loads of great guests. You've got Chris Stewart, CEO. Daniel Buck, Editor-in-Chief of the Chalkboard Review. And then you've got a primary teacher and YouTuber, Rose Charisse, I think. Okay, you've got some great guests coming up. Okay, so that that sounds like it would be another cracking show. All right, then, everyone. Take care. Who vow? See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.